I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another radically optimistic episode of XPRIZE Future Positive Podcast. I'm Peter Diamandis, founder and executive chairman of XPRIZE. Food insecurity is one of humanity's most pressing problems. And our guest today and my good friend, Tony Robbins, has made it one of his life's missions to help feed as many people as possible. Back in 2018, Tony pitched to XPRIZE an idea to radically change the global food production system. Today, we're going to be exploring the story of how our newest XPRIZE, the $15 million XPRIZE Feed the Next Billion competition came to be and why it matters, especially right now, and what future we are trying to create through innovation and competition. Tony Robbins is an entrepreneur, number one New York Times bestselling author and the nation's number one life and business strategist. Through his partnership with Feeding America, Tony has provided over 500 million meals in the last five years to those in need. The Tony Robbins Foundation has awarded over 2,000 grants and other resources to health and human service organizations. Tony, welcome, buddy. Good to have you here. Great to be with you. So we're about to launch another XPRIZE. It's exciting. It's very exciting. The, the learning XPRIZE uh, is going to have huge impact, but I think this one, it fits people right where they live in their stomach and the way they're able to live. Yeah. So just for those who missed it, Tony was one of the benefactors alongside Elon Musk for another $15 million prize for teaching kids around the world who were illiterate how to do reading, writing, and math. It was called the Global Learning XPRIZE and massive success. You know, we had like 30-fold the amount of money spent by all the teams to win it. And the winning technology now is impacting kids throughout the world, especially in parts of Africa and, and South and Central America. Yeah, they're able to learn without teachers now because they can take an iPad or a tablet and literally begin to learn on their own at a tempo that they weren't able to do with teachers previously. So I'm really excited about the impact. And I thank you, Peter, for your partnership and making that happen. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for, for stepping up, buddy. And we're, we're doing it again, but this is a, a much bigger challenge. I mean, people can survive not reading and writing, 
you know, not in the current world, I guess the world we're living into, but food. I mean, that's just fundamental. And just to, to lay this out, I will go into more detail in a minute, but for those who want to understand what we're going to be speaking about here, we're talking about another $15 million prize. And this is a prize to develop a new way to produce food that could feed the next billion people without decimating the planet and without breaking the bank. What are your thoughts on the prize rules here? What rings true to you? Well, I think what's really critical is for people to understand how big the problem is, because living in the Western world, we don't realize it. I realize it because I grew up without food, not starving, but you know, I had a Thanksgiving when I was 11 years old and there was no food. We were gonna have, you know, we wouldn't have starved, we'd had a can of tuna and some crackers, but we weren't gonna have a Thanksgiving meal. And so the genesis of this prize really begins in my own pain, in my own suffering. I don't want other people to suffer because once you talk about food insecurity, I know what that means. And so uh, somebody came to our our house that day delivered food to us as a surprise we had a meal and it changed my life it completely changed it because it made me think strangers care and so I wanted to care about strangers and so over the years I started feeding two families then four then eight then I got my small company involved and eventually I got to 42 million people I'd fed and that was back in about six years ago when I was writing a book called Money Master the Game and I was interviewing all these self-made billionaires you know Warren Buffett Ray Dalio Carl Icahn all the best of the best and I'm reading that Congress cut food stamps it's now called the SNAP program here in the US by billions of dollars, so much so that every child, every family that needs food who's on that assistance program would have to go one week a month without food unless guys like you and I and the private sector stepped up. So I found I had fed 42 million people. I didn't know that was the total. I thought, what if I fed that many in a year? And then it was, what if I fed 100 million in a year? What if I fed a billion people, a billion meals over 10 years here in the U.S.? And so we're six years into it. We're over 650 million meals. I think we're going to hit 700 meals. So we're ahead of the schedule we were going to do this on. We're going to hit the billion for sure. But then you look around at the rest of the world. And you know, you know what's happened. You talk about this all the time. And look at how much progress humanity has made. Since 1900, we've doubled the lifespan of a human being. We've tripled the per capita income from virtually every nation on earth. We've taken the cost of food down 30-fold, the transportation 100-fold. We've taken 1.7 billion people are living in extreme poverty in 1996-97. Now it's 227 million. So it's still 227 million too many people. But it's like we have all this ability and we have a food shortage. We have a billion people around the world, 900 million, 870 million to be exact, if the estimates are accurate. So nearly a billion people right now that are chronically malnourished, 9 million people die a year of starvation. That's 24,000 people a day. Please get your head around that for a second. That's 1,000 people an hour. That's 16 people a second. And of those 16 people, 10 are children. I mean, it is unacceptable. If you made hunger a nation after China and India, it's the third largest nation in the world. And here in America, we have 50 million people, the richest country in the world and we've got 16, 50 million that don't know where the next meal is and 16 million are children. So I've worked on the US, but I thought the world's a bigger project. And if we're gonna turn this around, we really need to bring the greatest minds together. And that's what's so beautiful about these X prizes is to bring the geniuses of all over the earth and saying, how can we shift it? So it started, as you know, by me coming to you and saying, can we put together a plan? What's the best way? We looked at vertical gardening and all the things we could do, cut down transportation costs. But what we really began to find out is it's our current system of basically raising meat that is destroying the planet and can't feed enough people. Because right now, according to the UN, by 2050, we're going to need 70% more food and 76% more meat. The demand for high-end protein in China has gone berserk. For any place where there's any money, where people become wealthy, that's what they want. And we're outstripping our capacity because right now there's four things that our current meat structure culture worldwide is destroying. The first thing is our land use. And we're using literally almost 70% of the usable farmland is being used. And of that, 80% 
incentive is for raising these animals for their food and for raising them personally. And so you look at the people are worried about what's happening for the lungs of the earth down in the Amazon. Well, take a look at 70% of that deforestation. It's 18 million acres a year, the size of Panama we're burning down and it's for raising cattle for beef production. So it's not sustainable. There's no way we can grow to that, that level. We're talking about going from 7.6 billion people to 9.7 billion people. It's almost a third growth to 2050. There's no way we can do it. We're destroying the earth as it is. We're poisoning ourselves very often. But what else? Water. I mean, water is becoming one of the most important resources on earth. And one cow takes up during its lifetime, basically a destroyer full of water. One cow. And we've got, I was looking up the number, 1.5 billion cattle, 20 billion chickens that we're raising just to try to feed most of the people, but not everybody in this world. So I look around at that and go, greenhouse gases. You know, we get more greenhouse gases from the methane from these animals than you do from all cars, planes, all forms of transportation combined. I mean, it's nuts. And then there's the safety issues that we've all run into of the pollution that happens when you, and you slaughter animals. It's also inhumane. So we were looking for solutions, as you know, and we spent about a half million dollars, brought on all the best experts, spent almost two years to finally discover that the greatest answer possible is what is now known as cultured protein or cultured beef or clean protein, I should say. It can be clean chicken, clean fish. And what it is, is stem cell grown. I know that sounds like a fantasy, but they've been doing it for 15 years now. It started at $330,000 for a pound. You're not going to feed the poorest of the poor that way. But then they reduced it 90%, you know, $230. And now their target was $2.30. But what they need is more incentive. And the beauty of these X prizes, as you know, because you created it, is all these teams competing will spend more money than the prize and create a brand new industry, just like you did in space. And so this opportunity to bring the smartest minds together and say, how do we do this? How do we feed the whole world in a cleaner format that's healthier for them, that's better for the planet, and uses maybe 80% less water, 80% less land, and puts itself in a position where we're not having to burn down the rainforest, the lungs of the earth, and have people still enjoy it. Because the most important part of this rule for me is, number one, it's got to taste good. Because otherwise, no matter how good it is for you, no one's going to do it. So as you know, one of our rules is it's about these celebrity chefs, and it's got to be in a blind taste test. It's got to win. And so cut the cost, cut the damage, and provide a real solution because we need a new system of production for food in this world because the one we have is not sustainable. Let me hit on a, on a few points in addition, Tony, because I, I love your passion and it's this is one of your massively transformative purposes and it's a pleasure to be your wingman on this moonshot because it really is a moonshot. We have destroyed by overfishing 90% of the large fish in our oceans. Yes. And that is, yes. you know, when I go out for sushi and I look at a piece of sashimi and I go, man, I, I guess I should stop eating this. But it is possible and people may not believe it, but it is possible to go from a stem cell, from an ahi tuna or from the right chicken or whatever it might be to grow a piece of protein that has the texture, the feel, the taste, and perhaps if it's not a large tuna fish, no mercury, and you've had the impact of mercury, so it's healthier for you in that regard. So the challenge is people don't realize that we have already reinvented how we create our food. The food that we're eating today is not the way we as an agrarian or a hunter-gatherer society had our food even 10,000 years ago. We've had a green revolution. The planet would have starved many times over had we not had fertilizer and pesticides and farming and farm equipment and all of that. It's just 
just time to do it again. And it's time to do it again for an important reason, which is that we're heading towards a world in which we're moving more and more people out of extreme poverty into middle class. And those individuals in middle class desire a higher quality protein. They don't want to be told, I can have it and you can't. But if we're going to give those additional billion people the chicken, the fish, which is what we're focusing on versus the pork or, or, uh, or beef. If we're going to give them that kind, of cap- that kind of protein, it's not going to be sustainable on this planet. You're absolutely correct. And, and, and you brought up the fish, which to me is one of the most important elements because we not only are you know, overfishing and adding plastic to the waters, but we're putting ourselves in a position where there is a tipping point where you can't go back. And people hear about this and it's probably not 12 years like some people doing fear, you know, gloom and doom, but there is a limit to everything. And so I don't think people understand is this technology exists. We just got to bring the price down and it's gone down 90%. We need another 90%. And that's what this prize is about. Because you can literally take a single cell of that ahi fish or a single cell of a chicken and take that white meat and grow it infinitely. I mean, you're able to grow it and double it within a few days, a single cell, and it gets stronger and stronger, bigger and bigger. And we can do it locally. Because as you know, the transportation costs, what are they, about 40% now? What, what, do you know what the current figure is? It's as much as as much as much 50% of the food on your Thanksgiving table was uh, food miles, right? Beef from Argentina, the wine from France, the potatoes from Idaho, whatever it is. It's, and so the question is, can you move the production of the food to where it's being consumed? And yes. these types of factories could operate in downtown Abu Dhabi, downtown Detroit, wherever it might be. And again, like you said, we don't want to offer a, a second grade product. It has to taste great. And in fact, this is going to be part of the rules of this competition are that you know teams need to deliver 25 servings four ounces per serving, which is an average serving of their raw chicken equivalent and their raw fish equivalent, 25 servings of each, to a group of celebrity chefs who are going to be cooking with that product. They're also going to be cooking with chicken and fish that high quality derived from the farm. And then they're going to be blind taste tests to see which do you like better. And I believe we could create a product that tastes better, healthier for you, lower cost, better for the planet. And humane too. You know, there's these animals as well. And cleaner. I mean, we know all the challenges with foot and mouth disease, with you know, all the different things that occur in the process of butchering animals and transporting animals and or fish. So the idea to eliminate that, and it's not a pipe dream because without this kind of competition over the last set of years, it's gone down, as they said, from thirty five hundred dollars a pound to you know, $300 a pound. We're, we're going to make a another 90% drop. And as you know, maybe you can share some of the excitement we're seeing in the industry as we brought this prize up. When it first came up, I said, I'll put up the first million. And I said, let's fund the rest of this prize with just a few people. And uh, I flew over to Abu Dhabi. You came with me with the team and went there to go see a dear friend of mine who's His, his Highness Sheikh Tanun bin Zayed Nayan and also MBZ, not MBS from Saudi Arabia, but Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nayan, his brother who runs the country. And they were incredibly supportive and they really give us our initial momentum and now we have so many other people on. So maybe you can share a little bit about what people in the industry are saying who are excited about this because it sounds like a pipe dream and I'm not here to throw my money away or my time or my energy and nor ask anybody else to do that. But you and I both know most of the X prizes sound like a pipe dream in the beginning, but what's the word on the street as you're talking to some of the experts in the industry? So first of all, uh, I want to point out we have two tracks on this prize, right? One well, you got to make sure we know there's a vegetable-based one, not yeah. an animal-based one. So one track is you're going to pluck the stem cell without killing the animal. You're going to take a few cells from their muscle and you're going to grow the equivalent of that 
tuna steak or that chicken breast and do it at scale in a way that is replicable and affordable and consistent. The other option, and we've seen a real explosion in plant-based products, is to do this with a plant-based product. Now, we'll see which can eventually get to the lower cost. I'm betting on cellular agriculture, the, uh, the stem cell version over a plant, but We'll have both. We also need both because of people's belief systems and, and religion and so forth. In India, you have so many people that are vegetarians. So I knew we needed to do that as well, for sure, as a first choice. But unfortunately, in Western societies and in China and places like that, they want the taste of the beef or they want the chicken or the fish. And the idea of putting white meat and white meat that is just as delicious as the finest in the world, because you're literally taking the stem cell, you're taking the exact fundamental DNA that creates that, and being able to do it in less time, with less space, with less money, and believe something that you know really tastes incredible. I think that's where the revolution happens on both sides, the vegetable side and the, the animal-based side. This is not easy by any means, but if it were easy, we wouldn't be doing it. The goal is to make a dent in the cost curve, in the health curve, in the environmental curve that isn't linear. And what most people don't realize is the tools that we have to do this with are not standing still. We have this massive explosion going on right now in AI that's transforming everything. We've got quantum computing coming online, right? We saw IBM project a million qubit machine with a hundred fold less error rate. And these sorts of technologies are going to allow us to model molecular systems and learn how to make it taste a little bit better, give it a little bit better texture. On top of that, we have you know robotics for being able to handle materials. And ultimately, we have more and more entrepreneurs able to get crack at this. So that's the exciting part. I don't know who's gonna win. Don't need to know. I just need to know what the finish line looks like and be able to say to somebody, you did it. Congratulations. Here's the money. Why don't you, for people listening, I know a lot of people have listened to others, but what, give them an example of one of the X prizes that you've already done that you're just blown away by the result yourself and the team is. Just give people a sense of something that seemed impossible. You've done so many. What's, what's one of the first one that pops up? I think it'd be great for context for everybody. So back in 2010, there was an oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. It was yes. the BP oil spill, right? And it's going on, it's going on, it's going on. They can't cap. It. And we're just watching the coastlines of Texas, Louisiana, Florida being decimated. And I got a call from Jim Cameron, Jim, the, the film producer, is ocean, also a ocean explorer. He goes, we've got to do an emergency X prize here. So we said, we can't plug the oil spill, but what if we could like clean up the oil on the ocean surface faster than it's guzzling to get it so it stops getting and destroying the fisheries and land. And so we went from announcing that competition to having like 350 teams enter within three months. We then gave them another three months to build their prototype equipment and to ship it in a shipping container to the world's largest oil spill cleanup facility. And our mission was double the oil spill cleanup rate because it hadn't changed in 20 years. And it was amazing. We had teams that were like a father and son team, a, a team that was a tattoo artist. Literally, he was the designer and his, uh, one of his customers. And they built a scale model on the guy's swimming pool and then tested it in the, in the full scale here. He was like from Vegas, right? He wasn't even near the ocean. Is my memory right? Exactly. And the winning team, that was Landlock, I forget, they were from Minnesota, I think. Their winning technology was a 600%, six-fold increase on the oil spill cleanup. And so the day before something is truly a breakthrough, it's a crazy idea. And so we're out in the world shopping for crazy ideas for people who don't know what's not possible, who come in and 
and take a completely different approach to it. And yes, 99.9% may lose, but that 0.1% that makes it, it's a revolution and we all win. Yeah, I agree. And you know, there's, there's, it's, it's not that far off because there's already technology doing it. We've shown we can drop it 90% and it just needs the focus, the energy, like what these competitions do. There's lots of impossible burgers and things like out there for those who are looking for something that has kind of flavor of beef. But, you know, a lot of those have a variety of things in them. Some people argue whether they're nutritionally sound or not or what else you're getting with it. We're really trying to find a way, if we can, to give people both that vegetable substitute and that animal protein substitute, but without all the negatives uh, that come with any form of that, but also especially the negatives that come with red meat. And so having chicken and poultry is, I think, one of the critical aspects of what this can really add the most value in as well. People don't stop to think about what is food, right? Food is... The energy of the sun, 93 million miles away, those photons coming down, hitting the earth, a fraction of 1%, and then hitting a chloroplast in the plant, becoming a hydrocarbon, a you know, carbohydrate, and then that chicken or that that poultry, whatever, eating it, and then you're eating it. So you're, you're transporting the energy from the sun into your body. And our mission is how do you do it more efficiently? In a way that's sustainable, because I don't think, you know, people look at the now, it's human beings are so myopic, it's just our nature. If things are going great right now, we think it's gonna go great forever. If things are terrible, things are gonna be terrible forever, and life is cyclical, but some things are predictable. And the most predictable thing right now is we know we can't sustain what we're doing to the planet. And a huge piece of this global warming is coming from the way in which we're dealing with it. Both the animals themselves, the methane that's coming out of them, but also the destruction of the rainforest. Again, I just want to remind people, if you're worried about that, your eating patterns play a role there. So not everybody's going to be willing in China to say, I'm going to be a vegan. So we got to have an option. It's like, you know, I personally am, you know, 80%, you know, water content foods. And I was a vegan for, you know, what, 13, 14 years, but not everybody's going to go that path. So I see people saying, well, we'll just make everybody vegan. It's like, great, let's come up with a vegetable substitute that's cheaper, better, all those things. we got a prize for that. But for those that aren't going to make it, we, we're not going to be able to force everyone to believe what we believe or behave this way. We need an option where it meets all their needs. Their, the, the, the deliciousness, the ease, the access, the cost reduction. We can put those things together and it's not we, us, it's going to be these incredible teams. So maybe you can walk through a little bit, just the, the, the high level of what we're doing at the prize is a $15 million prize, but I know we've gone back and forth. We just finally resolved the final numbers. Do you want to share those? Absolutely. So um, let me just take a second and, and give folks an overview of the rules. And how they can participate, because if you don't, you may not personally know you can participate, but you may know someone who, if they hear about this prize, would like to. So we hope you'll share it with them. Yeah, share this podcast with your friends, anybody on the planet. Remember, it's the tattoo. Two artists in Las Vegas who comes up with this brilliant idea because he doesn't know what can't be done, right? It's like, you know, I, I define the expert as a person who could tell you exactly how it can't happen. <laughs> That's awesome. So, the, so here's the, the winning team statement. So the winning team will develop a new generation of alternative chicken breast and fish filet that will allow humanity to feed the next billion economically and in an environmentally responsible way by meeting the following criteria. So first criteria is about taste, texture, and cookability. You said it right, right? If, if it doesn't taste good, no one's gonna wanna eat it, and we're gonna be giving a, you know, a second-tier product to the people who deserve the same as we do. So each team's gonna deliver 25 servings. These are four ounces each of raw chicken and of the fish filet. It's gonna be going to a group of celebrity chefs who are gonna be cooking it, and they're gonna be cooking it against actual fish and chicken. And then there's gonna be head-to-head -head blind taste testing competition. So you've gotta do at least as good, hopefully better. The cost, so the whole reason we're doing this is to feed the next billion, so it's gotta be more affordable. 
So at a minimum, we've said it's got to be 50% cheaper than the alternatives. And it's not going to be 50% if you're making one filet, but we're saying if you're making a billion meals a year, which, you know, will feed a fraction of the individuals, a billion meals a year, uh, it's got to be at least 50% more affordable. And we're going to give points to those who can get it down to 80% or 90%. Environmentally, uh, listen, the environmental impact, you, you rattled them off, Tony. It's water use, it's land use, it's greenhouse gases, it's fossil fuel use. And we're going to ask teams to reduce their environmental impact by at least 50%. Again, more points if you go beyond that. And then the final elements are less than 1% antibiotics because antibiotics are an issue with our current food security. Comparable nutritional value to conventional foods, conventional uh, fish and, and chicken. And then minimal to zero harm to animals uh, in creating this. So those are the rules. And if you go to xprize.org, you can see more details and how to register. And it's, it's really about getting people... You know, I got passionate about space. It was Apollo and Star Trek. I started dreaming about it. You know, Tony, you have had so many amazing moonshots. Our mission is maybe this competition will get some kid somewhere excited about reinventing how we feed the planet. It's, you know, at the base of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. No question about it. Air, water, food, right? I mean, if we don't take care of those three things, and they all affect one another. We're raising our, you know, the way we're raising our food and the way we're eating currently is destroying our air and our water. So this, to me, is uh, one of those tipping point elements that people we can do something about. And I'm, I'm excited about the competition. I know that the we have multiple prizes, and you can see the breakdown of how they work. We're announcing it today on December the seventh, and we're going to give folks a few months to register. We're going to get feedback on these rules, and we're going to then be able to hear from people, well, you missed this point. We go out with a set of guidelines. We welcome feedback from the community. Clearly, there are going to be a lot of smart people out there who will say this isn't high enough as a bar, low enough as a bar. So we've got, Tony, we have a total of $15 million in prizes. Let me lay this out. We're going to have $3 million in milestone prizes. So teams along the way, as they hit certain targets, will get capital to continue to accelerate them. The grand prize is going to be $7 million. Second place is $2 million. And third place is 1 million. Again, it's not a winner take all. Some of these may be, you know, easier to do in certain climates or certain conditions. But there's another one which is interesting. So today, the majority of the stem cell grown meats are made in a growth medium that's derived from animals. And so animals are harmed in this. So there's a $2 million bonus prize for the team that can create a breakthrough to develop an animal origin-free growth medium that can grow these uh, muscle stem cells. And like all prizes, it has a deadline, and deadlines are what get people to accelerate, compete, push, and we're talking about completing this in 2024. So it'll begin in 2021, so it's a few years, but it's enough time based on what we've seen historically to bring those prices down by 90% or more again and really have something that's doable and achievable. And we did this, as you know, we took the team, we've gone out to all the experts in the field. We didn't just pick this out of the sky. So we know it's doable. Is it a stretch? It is definitely a stretch. But as we've seen in so many X prizes, you know, people come through with breakthroughs when there's a timeline and when there's competition and when all these resources and minds are working at it simultaneously. That's the brilliance of what you've created in X prize. And I'm so excited for us to launch it on a project that's so important. Thank you, brother. It's a, it's a pleasure to be working with you in so many ways, especially on this. And I'll just say another part of this whole competition for those of you listening is for people to know this is possible and to know that it's coming. 
right? So at the end of the day, we create the future we desire. We envision it, we go create it. And just like the idea of the Impossible Burger or Beyond Meat, those products didn't exist, you know, even three years ago, but today they're on menus around the world. We're moving at light speed and the rate at which technology is accelerating is itself accelerating. And we can use that acceleration to help feed a billion people and to help prevent this planet from environmental collapse. Yeah, we all need a compelling future, and especially at a time like COVID when so many people have so much fear. Like I said earlier, life goes in seasons, and we're in winter right now. It's an emotional winter, it's a financial winter, but you know, winter doesn't last forever. It's followed by springtime, and the best time to be prepared for spring is in winter, so when it hits, you're ready to go. And I feel like this is creating that kind of opening. I can remember when I was just a kid, I think I was in something like the seventh grade, I had this teacher, one in this class, who was very resourceful, and he started reading us an article, and it was all about the world going dark. This is in the 70s when I was in school. And it was all about, you know, oil and we're, the loss of oil. And, you know, everyone had that on their mind at the time. It was on the cover of Time magazine. We're running out of oil. And the article was actually about whale oil. It was from 100 years earlier. And, and when he showed us the article, we all were like staggered. And I never forgot it since I was a child that he said necessity is the mother of invention. And listen, we got necessity now with COVID because all the numbers I told you, like a billion people that are massively chronically malnourished, 9 million people dying, 24,000 a day, right? 16 a second. Those numbers are about to explode according to the UN because our approach to COVID with these shutdowns, which now the WHO doesn't even support, they just came out and said they don't think it's a solution because the unintended consequences, not only the emotional ones, the uses of drugs, suicide, et cetera, but just the food supply. They're estimating now that instead of 135 million people they were concerned about, it'll be 250 million people that won't be able to find a meal because places like Tanzania 80% of their income is tourism and we've shut it down. There's not enough money for food. So we've got to find an alternative and we've got to find it quickly because the needs are growing. All this progress we've made on poverty, we've just taken a giant hit to that progress. Some people say 10, 20 years we've lost. I don't believe it. I believe we can restore it back. But in order to make that happen, we need real solutions. We need to put the focus of the best minds in the world and we've all got to do what we can to support that progress as quickly as possible. And necessity is the mother of invention. We always find a way. That's humanity's strength. And I'm excited to be a part of uh, this journey with you, Peter, and with the X Prize and with all the people that we're looking forward to welcoming and going on the journey with over the next three and a half, four years. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Thank you for your philanthropy. Thank you for your guidance, your passion, your mission, your work that you do, even outside this to feed, you know, hundreds of millions of individuals. And let's get together on a next podcast, maybe, you know, six months and, and see how many teams have registered and, and give well, an update. That'd be great. I'd love that. Take care, brother. Everybody check out xprize.org. Learn about the prize. Tell your friends, your scientists, your crazy friends. Let's get some people fed on this planet. This podcast comes from XPRIZE, a global future positive movement of over 1 million people on Rising, delivering radical breakthroughs for the benefit of humanity. Sign up to join us and support the movement that is making a change in the world 10 times faster. Whether it's lending a hand, a dollar, or an idea, we all have a role to play in making the future a better place. The only way to get the future we want is to create it ourselves. Learn more at xprize.org. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.